Blog Talk Radio. time off. Sorry it had to be done. From the People's Republic of Minnesota, welcome to In the Closet Objectivists. I am Corey Baum, along with Dr. Megan Ribbons, and from the People's Republic of Hawaii, we got Stuart back on the line with us. How's it going, gang? We're doing well. How are you? Who are Not you? Too bad. Aloha. familiar, but who are you? Have we, have we met before? Has it been that long? Has it been that long? <laughs> it sure seems like it, I guess. It does seem a lot longer than, than you know, we take up the last couple of, what, a uh, few months I've been thinking, yeah, I need to take at least one one day off. And then I'm like, I was really enjoying and not thinking about the show. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, uh, maybe I could just take another break too, take one more week. Because I really didn't have a lot to say anyway. I was going to be totally relying on whoever was, was going to be on with me <laughs> to, uh, to carry me. Uh, so, but no, I was like, well, you know, and then I just, I set up, I was telling you guys or Meg a little bit before, you know, I started working from home uh, occasionally once a week. And so like I had a whole setup going on here for that. And I was learning all that, like how to, cause I, I had a couple of problems with my equipment. Setup. And then the last thing I wanted to do was, was fucking deal with this shit too. You know what I mean? <laughs> How how uh, how uh, blog talk is so touchy. I'm like, if that happens while I'm going through this other crap with my work, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna lose it. So I had to take an extra day. So that's it. Uh, but yes, it, it it felt like forever, and I miss you guys, and I'm glad we're back together. And here we are. I miss so, you guys too. So yeah, uh, you know, and even though you know it's, you know, it's we we try to get in touch and do the show once a, once a week. It's, it's tough. We all have uh, stuff going on and Stuart, he's in Hawaii. So, you know, good luck there, but, uh, and, uh, but yeah, so I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to, to get everybody together. So I'm glad we're again, glad we're back and, and we're back to it. So, um, yeah, so Stuart, uh, welcome, uh, again, uh, Aloha and all that jazz. Um, and uh, let's uh, let's get to it here, guys. I gotta get. You know what? I, you, you take a, you take a couple of weeks off, and you forget where all your buttons are and shit. Housekeeping. <laughs> no, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. So back in an hour. Housekeeping. You want towels? Want towels? Need sleepy. 
Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. And I'm glad I didn't have to remember to try to write any of this stuff down before I started. I had it all saved because otherwise I would have, you know, I, I totally tuned out so much over the last couple of weeks. I would have forgotten that we were on Stitcher, iTunes, and the TuneIn radio app. Who, who knows what I would have said. I might have not even remembered uh, Stitcher or any of those other uh, apps you can catch the show we're on. on so. Fox News and CNBC. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, 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 Women's World, or what's the, yeah, I wanted to say Women's World, but that's Oprah, the Oprah Yeah, we're channel. on, oh, <laughs> Oprah's, Oprah's, yeah. I would have went just all over the place, all over the map. So. <laughs> uh, okay, then, so, uh, and then also, uh, we're on uh, Patreon. Uh, thank you to everybody who's donated so far. Again, I wanted to say thanks. Uh, it's so, uh if you want to find out uh, where we're at there, uh, it's uh, just patreon.com backslash Corey bomb. If you have any, uh, uh, you can donate as much as a dollar or as little as a dollar, or you don't have to donate anything. Just enjoy the show. As long as you listen, that's great too. We didn't get any new listeners from what I could tell uh, earlier uh, when I was just skimming the, um, the site. Uh, that's okay. We're still staying where we're at and uh, we, we're getting good numbers as far as people listening to us. It's, it's, you know, we haven't had a fresh show for a couple of weeks. So, but thank you to everybody who's been listening to us. And um, yeah, so we're just going to continue on rocking. And um, I wanted, I was going to mention this. I might as well. So we were talking about before the show began that we might do this. We might do um, every other week. We might do a pre-recorded show. Uh, so it could be Meg doing an interview with somebody or just talking to somebody or just talking to Gracie, maybe who knows, or Stuart <laughs> talking to somebody yeah. or Stuart doing something on his own, or I do something just pre-recorded. So just, just be in, you know, just be ready for that. Uh, so we might do some pre-recorded shows in the future. Just, I need uh, brain breaks occasionally here and, I just got a lot of stuff going on, just as everybody here does. I'm no special, more special than anybody else. We all got shit going on. So I just thought maybe, you know, every You're other week. You're more special but, well, to us. <laughs> well, that may, and I'm blushing, man. You're making me blush here. Um, so, yeah, no. So that's that's great. So we might, you know, we might do that. We were just talking about that. So don't be surprised if, you know, one of the shows comes up and it's a, it's a pre-recorded one and that's, that's fine. And, and all on that, and that's fine and dandy. So anyway, I thought I would mention that. Uh, also, I haven't heard much on the Objectivist uh, 365 challenge. Um, haven't had a chance really to check that out uh, lately since I've last checked it out. So hopefully everybody's still checking that out and doing whatever they want to do on that. Um, but it is still out there. So check it out. It's uh, Objectivist 365. Is it .com or uh, Challenge.com. I forgot now. I think it's objectivist365.com. Okay, there it is. There it is. Yes. So thank you there, Meg. Uh, check that out. News headline. Oh, thank you to, to Stephen Mocklin for for putting it together. Um, I I am quite certain that the the putting together the website was a lot more work than you know just writing something down in a Google Doc. So thanks thanks uh, yeah. to him for yeah. for doing that. He got it up pretty quickly. He got it set up like boom, boom, it was done. So I, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, I'm not for for a person who's not computer savvy by any means. That was just you know that was a pretty cool thing. So um, yeah, even if it's yeah. not a sweat to him. So, so thank you, thank you. 
Um, my uh, news headline is, uh, so here it is. Uh, it's uh, something I wish, I, I hope happens, right? So it's, uh, so I hate to, to hate to break it to you, uh, but uh, spoiler alert, objectivism wins. <laughs> this is not an unwelcome fake news headline. No, it's not. So, so, so everyone, it's every man for himself, and we, we sent to pandemonium, and nobody has any roads anymore, and everyone's beating each other off? That's and eating happens? the poor? And eating the poor, well, especially eating it. I got to eat, Well, that's man. why they're beating each other up, because there aren't any poor left to eat. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, that was <laughs> this this conversation has taken a rapidly macabre turn. Yes it has. Well you said I'm yeah, it, on, so how else could it be? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking more that people um, like actually converted over and like uh we got everybody converted to objectivism when, rather than actually eat them or anything like that. But, uh, but well, either way, there's selfishness one, selfishness one. Yeah. Rational. Yeah. And there were still, that, that should be like the subtitle of your fake news headline. Um, objectivism wins and there are still roads. That's right. Oh, that would have been a good, see, <laughs> there you go. I, I got to maybe consult Meg before. You know what? The thing is, I just came up with that, that headline like two minutes before the show. I was like freaking racking my brains. No, no. You uh, never need to consult me. Your your headlines are always so much better than mine. It's, it's, you you give me inspiration. It's, not, it, it's something for me to work towards. Yeah, well, anyway. So my fake news uh, headline is that, um, so it's, this is not fake news. This is true. It is Pie Day, so happy yes. Pie Day, everyone. Three fourteen, um, and Strawberry so for, for this fake. Mm-hmm. Um, so for my fake news headline, um, mathematicians have found a number base in which the digits of pi are in fact repeating. Wow. wow. I, okay, I didn't like rehearse that outside of my head, and now that I've said it, I realize just how nerdy that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't. You know, I feel that it keeps going. I, I don't know how the, if how the pattern repeats or if it does or any of that. As so. far as I understand, they haven't found a pattern. Okay. All right. I think Stuart was trying to get in here. I wanted to give him a chance to get in. Well, did you see that movie, Pi? I did. Oh, yeah, I, like a I, million I, years ago. It was weird. Yeah, it was, it was, was this the one where they went, the, the two scientist guys, they um, kept, like, um, going back and through, forth through time? Is that Was that the one? It's or was that one, a different one? It's, about, it's all in black and white. It's about a mathematician yeah. who wants to find, who wants to, he wants to find a formula for predicting what happens in the stock market. And then these, these Orthodox Jews threaten him and, and then he just goes crazy. It's made by the same guy who made black Swan and Noah and mother. Yeah, you know, He's very yeah, pretentious. 
Yeah. Yeah. Darren Aronoff. Now, here's the thing. That so I was wrong. My guess that was wrong. Uh, there's there's another. Uh, I was thinking of a different um, movie that was kind of the same but different. Not not based on pie, but it was these two guys. Yeah, who they fell in some sort of a uh, time travel. It was in black and white too, and I can't remember the name of it. But it, those two movies get me confused every time because they're kind of they have the same kind of elements to them. So, um, oh, I should let you guys know my uh, uh, I have a pair of Bluetooth headphones, and they're telling me I keep getting a message saying that uh, I need to recharge it. I, usually, it'll it'll go for a while before it cuts out on me. I think it'll go for a little while. So I'm just letting you guys know right now that I didn't I need to recharge my my Bluetooth. Uh, my Bluetooth phone, headphones. So, um, but I should have enough time to get through the the, the podcast. I, I've been there before with the with the podcast. So, you know, but I may not be able to be like as long as the sum. So, just give guys a heads up. Cool. So, um, I, I thought I would start out just this just this because I just <laughs> something I noticed, at, and this is regarding my kids' school. So my my daughter, my youngest daughter, she's in school and. She's in this, uh, 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 it's kind of a separate thing, but it's within the, the curriculum, I guess, or whatever. So she's, what she does is it's like an art project that she does. And it could, it could be anything, right? It's like painting. I think this time she did some painting. And it's, they have this thing now uh, on my public school um, you know, uh, website, whatever. You go in there and you can check out her drawings or her whatever uh, paintings, whatever she does. And you could say, you know, you give them nice compliments and inspirational stuff and this and that. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'll sign up for this. And it's it's called like Art Soteria or some weird stuff, something like that. Anyway, so I get in there and I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. So I, you know, you get notified when she does something. And so I get notified and I went in there and checked it out the other day. And she had this, it was a just a picture of like a, uh, of uh, snow in, 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 a, in, a, in a, in a, uh, like a wooded area and it was just, it was just whatever, nice setting, whatever. So I said, Hey, that looks really nice, honey. Uh, you know, I very, you know, looks great. Uh, proud of you and da da da, whatever. And then, uh, so I get done. Right. So I, I log out and come back later on. Well, I, I didn't come back to the site. What happened was I get a notification and I'm like, Oh, okay. So I get a notification from the school or the, whoever runs the thing. And, I log in and I'm at work, but I'm like, I'll check it out. And uh, so I'm at work and I check it out and it's from the, the teacher uh, of the school or of her class or whatever. She's like, Oh, Hey, I noticed you put on a, I know I noticed you put on an, uh, a comment on your, your daughter's uh, work and thank you. And by the way, we're selling them uh, for $5 or $10, depending on what size you want. Well, so you can buy, you can buy one of the projects. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I didn't say anything about it, but I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. So now they're trying to get you rather, you know, this stuff used to be free, you know, like it would be part of the, like when I was a kid growing up, if I made a, like a project, I would just get it and either I could bring it home to give away for, to my parents or whatever. But now they want us to, to buy a uh, art project that should like totally not cost me anything because I'm already paying <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, it's it's it. I don't get mad anymore because I've just come to like it. It, 
if I got mad every time something the school did, like it would, you know, I wouldn't, I'd, my head would blow off, you know. So I, I just, it's just, it's just another thing that's like, what, what, what next? What, what, what next can you try to wring out of my fucking pockets? You know what I mean? That, you know, they, 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 what they'll do is they'll say, they, they, so they have the kids, oh, we're going to do this nice project for your parents. And then, but then they don't tell them obviously that it's going to cost them money and, you know, uh, but Hey, you know, tell your parents how great of a job you did. And, and then, you know, on the back end, they try to, you know, swindle, you know, swindle a couple bucks out of the deal. <laughs> oh my God. Just, I, I don't know. I just got to laugh, you know? Yeah. This, this, I mean, yeah, I find that off putting just like you do. And it, it almost like, this sounds like it's verging into like child labor laws. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're they're capitalizing on the on the, you know, on their children when they should be disseminating knowledge. Um, <clears throat> which I mean, I mean, you know, like I don't have a problem with with kids working especially if it's in like third world countries where the alternative is them starving right i mean right. or you know back in the beginning of the industrial revolution you know actually significantly dec- you know children working actually significantly decreased the child mortality cuz you know right people right. were right. richer they could afford to feed their kids um but you know it, it's a little. I mean, am I wrong in thinking that's a little ironic that these government schools are sort of putting their toe in the water of something that the government has made illegal, namely um, child labor. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a tough one. I what the impression I get on some of this stuff, and it's and it's always. It's always something with the with the school. So it's not just, hey, here's something your kid did, but there's also an added something like, okay, and by the way, we're raising money for this or you know or that or or whatever. Can maybe you can you know throw us a few bucks, you know, however they met. You know, so it's it's what it is is I I don't mind like. She she's also in a little. They did a little bakeries uh, store thing where they sold uh, uh, cookies and stuff uh, at a conferences. I believe it was conferences. Yeah, and because I didn't go to conferences this year. Oh shit! I lost it. Oh shoot! Oh no! So she was baking cookies, which they sold. Yeah, yeah I can, can you hear, me? hear me. Okay, so yeah. I, I have not. I on, hear you. Okay, good, because I am not on my, I'm no longer on my uh, Bluetooth, so I'm talking through the speakers of the phone, or of the computer, so let me just, uh, I got to turn off something here, I'm sorry. Jeez, I, I didn't think it would die that quickly on me. Okay, so we're good. All right, so I forgot, where was, where was I? <laughs> you were so, talking uh, about how um, your your daughter baked, baked goods oh, yeah, so, that were then sold at conferences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So at conferences, so so it's like um, you know, they were like I don't know a buck or something for like the cookies or whatever. So I mean, I, I guess I don't. 
what bothers me is not necessarily that they, they do a little bit of work like that. I mean, that what bothers me is that the, 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 they, they're raising the, – none of the money goes to the kids or, or anything like that. They, it goes to some program. You know, I don't know necessarily what – different programs, right? And, you know, it bothers me that um, if you're going to teach them about that stuff, you should teach them too about making money. Like, like this is – like you guys – whatever you, whatever you bake, like if you bake 10 items or whatever, a certain percentage of that is yours for you, right? There's just you. That's what you did. You made that. You know what I mean? It's always like this shared thing or this for, you know, mentally ill people or, you know, I don't know. I'm just not necessarily mentally yeah, ill. That's, really, that's a really you good know? point, right? I, I keep saying that if you have the wherewithal to earn money, you you have the wherewithal to to dispose of it as you see fit. And some people will counter that, well, some people don't know how to manage their money, right? It seems like, like the thing to do if that's the case, and I'm sure it is for some people, um, the thing to do is not to confiscate their money before they've had a chance to make a mistake and learn from it, but maybe to like educate them on right. how to manage money, you know, like, you know, maybe, maybe a school should do that or something. Megan, and, and that's exactly I, I, what's, what's not being done. Right. Is that they're, they're earning money and it's just being taken away from them and distributed how the school sees fit yeah, rather exactly. than having kids learn how to manage money. Exactly. Yeah, oh. that's exactly right, Meg. Oh, I apologize for the interruption, Megan. No, the echo okay. when you speak. I'm sorry, Stuart. There's an echo when you speak. Oh, it's probably my setup here. I, I don't. I don't get that. I don't get an echo at all. I don't know if it may. If it's from me, it could be from me. <clears throat> or is it not? Is that better? Yeah, I don't hear the echo anymore. Okay. But, oh, I hear myself now. Yeah, see, I, I, you guys come in perfect for me. I, I'm surprised. I don't have my hear. You know, you guys are are coming through my speaker, and you sound good. I like to have for my headphones on. But, what's that? Oh yeah, maybe maybe it's, maybe it's you, Corey. Maybe you're picking up like the maybe your computer is picking up what the speakers are putting out. It could be. It could be. Is it really bad? Well, for me, it is. Because I, I, I can't. I can't hear. I mean, I can't hear it. I, it sounds normal to me. So. Did um, you notice it before um, Corey's headphones died, Stuart? No, I didn't. Okay. Huh. Oh, that's it. Well, let me know if it keeps if it keeps bugging you. You know, we can we can bail out um, or whatever. So. Uh, I don't, I don't really, I don't have a whole lot more to, I mean, I was going to discuss some stuff about my kids schooling. That was my, that was my thing that was driving me crazy, but you know, what do you guys, let's let you guys get in and, and, you know, you know, I'm actually glad that you brought up, um, you know, early educate. Well, not, I mean, your kids are a little bit older, but, um, so I, I, so Jonathan Honig, um, 
among his many, many projects, he um, gets on um, WSLM, I think it's 870 or 890. He's got it, if you go to his website, capitalistpig.com, every Tuesday morning at 6.35 Central Time, 6.35 a.m., um, mm-hmm. he's on and, and he has amazing things to say. I, like I set my alarm because I really enjoy um, hearing what he has to say. And a couple of weeks ago, he talked about how raising a child over 18 years, even without like paying for any college, um, averages about a quarter of a million dollars. Um, and I said, that is cheap. I mean, I'm paying you know, a significant percentage of that yearly to send to send Gracie to her Montessori school. And, you know, I, I the the point I was making in my tweet and I think it was it was made clearly was that like this isn't a sacrifice for me. It's a lot of money, but it's not it's not a sacrifice. This is my privilege. You know, I don't have to spend this money. I get to spend this money. Um on the you know, on this person I cherish and, and I get to help grow her mind. And so, you know, I it, it was coming from a, a place of benevolence and I was really, in my naivete, I was really surprised that there were some really nasty t- tweets in reply. You know, one of them said, you know, if you're spending this much money on toddler daycare, you're an idiot. And I was like, really? okay, that's... Oh yeah, and and there so like the the sort of nastier tweets came in in two flavors. Um, one was um, just like toddler education isn't worth anything or not worth what I'm paying for it. Um, and and I know we've talked about this before, but I think it bears repeating. Um, you know, it, it may not seem like toddlers can do very much. You know what I mean? That, you know, whether they're finger painting or um, working with Montessori materials doesn't make that much of a difference. But that, I mean, that's not even remotely the case. Um, Maria Montessori was, I, I mean, she was, so I, it, like, stop me if I'm blathering here, but you know, she was this physician, and she was an Italian physician, and she would volunteer her time at orphanages. And the first, how she got into early childhood education was that she noticed that these these orphans, um, they they'd get their dinner, and if there were breadcrumbs on the floor after that, they would rush to grab these breadcrumbs. It wasn't because they were hungry or greedy; it's because they had nothing to, to um, handle, to play with, to, you know, mm. like to, to stimulate their um, hand-eye coordination and their manual dexterity and their fine motor coordination. That's what those kids were doing with their breadcrumbs. They were playing with them. Mm. And so she, so that, that illustrates her approach, right? She didn't just, you know, assume that kids did something for some, you know, adult reason, um, she observed what they were actually doing um, and then hypothesized why they were doing it, created um, materials that addressed her hypothesis and let the kids play with the materials. 
um, and then, you know, sort of derived her conclusions from, from, you know, the sort of experiment that, that these kids were, that these kids were doing for them. It's very scientific and she learned a tremendous amount, right? She, you know, it, like she learned that the sensitive period for um, learning a second language is like, I mean, well, it's really the earlier the better, but like you stop, you have trouble hearing the phonemes of another language after you're nine months old, mm. you know, and there, and it's not just language or walking or crawling. There's all kinds of sensitive periods for math and reading and writing and fine motor skills and gross motor skills. Um, and she was very good about a identifying when a child is best able to learn and be good at those things um, mm. and, and, and developing materials and approaches to, to best foster those skills. So, I mean, here's my thinking in, in spending so much on early education for Gracie. And it's not for everyone, but my thought is like, if I can, help her in these sense like in the sensitive period for math, right? Which is very, very early. Right? If I can help her with that, maybe it'll be the difference between someone who's who like struggles with algebra and someone who finds it fun. You know what I mean? For anyone who's ever done anything where like their friend it like comes seems to come naturally to them, but for you it's it's so hard and, and each each improvement, each marginal improvement that you make takes so much effort. Like if mm. I can change it from, you know, massive effort for marginal improvement to something that's easy and fun, what, like, th- you can't put a price on that. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's worth it to me. You know, I have the ability, yes, it's, it's really expensive and, um, I can't afford a lot else. Sure. Um, <laughs> sometimes well, I think I should give up eating. But well, here's the thing, too. I'm sorry, to let, I'll let you finish up. But I just wanted to mention, you know, it'd be so much nicer. Like, see, this is why I put, you know, I would love to see, you know, that's school choice and, and that. And, like, so, like, I got a little excited about bad boss and everything. But then, you know, I realized, well, it's coming from Trump, so it's nothing's going to happen. But the, 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 the fucking, you know, the, the problem is, you know, you're paying – so you're paying a lot for Montessori, plus you're paying whatever mm-hmm. it is for, for 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 schooling you're not using, and you know it just reminds me. It, I, I've been thinking a lot about the sanction of the victim, or with 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 you know being into this Atlas project and stuff, and you know how mm-hmm. we just you know how you know we 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 pay all of this. It's like all this money for things that you know that we we, sh- we shouldn't have to, but because you know, we feel obligated or, you know, we have to, you know, we feel guilty or, you know, that, you know, why should I be paying? Once my kids are out of school, why should I be paying for schooling anymore? I shouldn't be paying for, you know, so, but yet I'm going to always be paying for schooling for some other kids. And it's, and it's not right. And, and, you know, I, I, you know, you should be able to say, look, I'm going to send Gracie to this Montessori. I don't have I no longer need to pay for whatever else over here. You got to give me that money back. 
So, uh, yeah, so I, that's kind of my two cents on it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because I've actually met people who, and this is sort of tangentially related, but, you know, who say that there should be no inheritance, that that, that all your money after you die is confiscated by the government. Oh, so that, and, and the, 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 at least the explicit reasoning is that, um, you know, no one has an advantage. We're all at a level playing field and then the cream rises to the top or whatever. And I, I heard that and I thought to myself, if I can't work for the benefit of the people I love most in this world, I'm just not going to work. There's, yeah. there's just no, you know what right. I mean? I, I right. love my work. I, I love the research I'm doing for its own sake. But if somebody said, hmm, you can only use X amount to, you know, you know, or, you know, you, you can't, you can't give any of it to your kids or your grandkids when you're dead. I just stop working. Yeah, exactly. Or, and that's just human you know nature I mean? too. Yeah. It's human nature. And, 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 and this is not something I should ever feel like I have to apologize for, <laughs> you know, for loving, for cherishing my, my child and her children and, you and, know, and taking care, you know, taking having care. my work benefit them. Right. Your work, your work benefit your child. I mean, that's, that's a way yeah. it's such a, such a simple for me, you know, just that, that simple explanation that that was part of the reason, you know, that I, I became an objectivist too, is like, wait a minute. And not this, this isn't necessarily just an objectivist tenant, you know, saying you can keep, you should be able to keep what you earn and you shouldn't have to subsidize anybody else or, you know, taxes or theft or what extortion, whatever. I mean, this isn't just an objectivist, but, but it ties in, you know, so I, 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 and here's the thing is you don't think about that. I mean, I, I, I didn't think about that. I just didn't think about it. And it once, you know, it just takes a couple of minutes to think about it. And you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> What's going on here again? Yeah. And I don't know. I think if people would actually take a, an, a, a look back at, 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 you don't have an obligation to your, to other kids. And why am I paying for, you know, when I'm 50, 60 years old or whatever, why am I paying for, uh, for, uh, schools again? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, you know, yeah. it's, it's crazy. So anyway, um, yeah, it just, it's a, it's a big eye opener and it was for me and it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and I just, you know, thinking about, um, this, how could you not see this? And it's like, well, people will say, well, I've heard this, you know, well, I'm, you know, I, I, I you know, I pay this and, you know, uh, I, yeah, I don't have kids that go to school, but I have grandkids or, you know, I, or whatever. And, then, and, you know, or I'm like, I pay for, you know, I have people in my community that go to school and that's all fine. But it's like, you're, you're, you're forgetting what the principle is. You know, the principle is that's your money. If you want to give money to somebody or whatever, for whatever reason, you should be able to do that. But to have it forced upon you is, is wrong. And I don't care what the, 
the justification is by anybody else. It's 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 wrong, and as long as be wrong. Um, so, not to get off on too uh, too much of a tangent there. Yeah, no, it's, I, I was actually just thinking. You know what I mean? Like, you know, someone could say, "Well, your heirs, right? They they have enough money to feed and clothe themselves. Why do you need to give them? You know." My heirs are never going to receive millions, but you know, let's right. let's suppose someone else, right, who's a millionaire or something like that, um, you know, wants to wants to have their kids inherit that. I mean, someone could say, well, why not just give them enough to so they can feed and clothe themselves rather than all these millions? And and it's really, I mean, my answer to that for me minus all the millions is like there, there are two reasons why I do everything I do. And, and they're, they come from the same place. They're, they're inextricably linked. I do things because I love science and I need to know. Mm -hmm. And I do things because I love my daughter. You know what I mean? If, if, if either one of those were, were forbidden to me, I don't, how, how would I go? You know, how would I do things? Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not about, you know, what I'd be giving Gracie above her basic needs. It's about why I do what I do and how I function. You know, I, I mean, you, you can't take away people's ability to function at least you shouldn't. Right. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm I'm not making a whole no. lot of sense. No, 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 you no, no, total crystal crystal clear. Stuart, uh, what's going on with you over there? Well, Megan, who are these people typing these, these belligerent tweets to you? Are they following you on Twitter? I don't think so. No, I I had um I think I retweeted something Jonathan Honig had said um and it I think they were like listeners to the program, Jonathan Honig. It's it, it's um, Rambling Ray and Big John Howell, their program. I, I think it's listeners who follow them, maybe. Well, I I hate it when it happens these drive-by tweets where you know they're not even following you. You you tweet something, you know, you tweet something perfectly benign. And then these random losers come out of nowhere just to say something insulting. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I mean, I realize that there are, you know, lurkers and trollers and um, or trolls and and people who just need an excuse to be rude. Um, I don't know why. Like, I don't. I think people, some people, find that fun. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I guess some people are rageaholic, so whatever. But it was interesting, like, like there weren't a whole lot of rude tweets. I mean, they mostly took it, took my tweet for what it was worth. That you know, it's, it's meant to be loving and and positive. Um, but you know, there were a couple of people, and then they they fall into two very distinct categories. There were those who thought that like spending money on your toddler was stupid. Um, I sincerely hope those people don't have kids and never will. Um, I guess, but, well, but the I other guess, category was like, well, if you're spending this much on, on toddlers, 
you know, money is obviously not a problem for you. And I'm like, no, first of all, you don't know anything about me except that I desperately love my child. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I've, I actually have given up eating, you know, to make sure I can, you know what I mean? Like Gracie's first year I lost like 42 of my 33 pregnancy pounds, you know, Mm -hmm. because I was spending that money on, um, school instead of food for me. Um, I am sincere in, in my dedication to my child's mind and, um, you know, in, in that respect, money is pretty much no object, but, you know, it was a little presumptuous for this person to make that assertion. But you don't, you don't need a sandwich right now. Do you make, (laughs) I'm, I'm doing fine. I'll make you one. <laughs> no, no, I'm fine. We finished whole thirty, and and it's all good. Just checking. All right, Stuart, continue on, my friend. I'll get out of your way. No, you know, we know that um, this whole thing about <clears throat> this whole thing about inheritance. It's based on this false premise. And I hear people say something like this. You know, there should be a 100% estate tax because why why should these billionaires be able to give the, you know, bestow a billion dollars estates to worthless heirs? It's like, and they say, why should Paris Hilton inherit a billion dollars as a reward for being this lazy, ditzy bum? And that's a false assumption. Actually, the fact that she inherits a billion dollars is not a reward to her for anything. It's a reward to Conrad Hilton, her great-grandfather, because your property is rightfully in your control. And part of that is being able to bestow it upon persons of your choosing. And one of the reasons why Conrad Hilton wanted to earn a billion dollars is that he wanted to pass it on to his heirs. He wanted to pass it on to people of his choosing. Yeah. He earned that billion dollars because he he revolutionized the the lodge you know lodging. People right. paid him money to lodge in his hotels because what they they got what they got out of it was more than what than the than the quant, the money monetary sum that they gave him. And the billion dollars he received is the accumulated sum of what people paid him willingly to get the service he rendered. Yeah. And well, yeah. yeah, and and what and people forget is that, that and that's passed on to his descendants. So yeah. Harris Hilton inheriting billion dollars is not a reward to her for anything. It's a reward to Conrad Hilton for the service that he rendered. And if people were so offended, people if people are so offended by the idea of Paris Hilton inheriting a billion dollars, then they would, if it was so horrible to, to them that it was worth them taking some kind of action to stop it, they would just not, they would just not patronize Hilton hotels. It's very simple. Yeah. Well, really, I, I think what, there are what, two. There. Oh, what were you going to say? I mean, what she inherits with the, the money once Conor Hilton is long dead, you know when. What, when she inherits that money, what she does with it is up to her. You know, and I'm really yeah. not worried about 
you know, I'm really not worried about irresponsible heirs, um, you know, obtaining a lot of money. There are many record part, many things, instances throughout history, people inheriting a hundred million dollars and losing it. One example is Barbara Hutton, the Woolworth heiress. She inherited, you know, what is an you know, she inherited, um, I think, over $16 million. And when she, but she, she didn't manage it very wisely. In fact, she wrote poems about how she hates businessmen. She didn't manage the money very wisely. Um, she wasn't careful about how she spent it. You know, a lot of people came to her with sob stories, and she didn't even check on whether those stories are accurate. She just gave those people money. And when she died, she had less than $5,000 in her bank. I mean, you know, it's, and it's tragic, sad. Sorry for her. I mean, th- but this is no doubt. This was a consequence of her own choices. Mm-hmm. You know that when the banner built, I had a family reunion in the 1970s. There was not one millionaire among them. So if so, with when people inherit, if someone inherits a lot of money and is able to keep it to the extent that that person did exercise responsibility. It is to the extent that the person was responsible in managing that money. So I really don't have any qualms at all about someone like Paris Hilton inheriting a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, there I think there are two issues there. One is that a lot of people, for whatever reason, still have this medieval view of of wealth, right? Where, like, you know, the wealthy just happen to be born from, you know, wealthy landowner, you know, kings or, you know, whatever, right? And there's there's primogenitor, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the the oldest son inherits the wealth, you know, or the, right. the land and the serfs and everybody attached to it. And, you know, through no real merit, you know what I mean? But that's not, and that's, you know, historically that's been the case for a very long time, but not in the United States, right? Pretty much everyone came here with nothing or very little. Um, I think. And, and really created wealth, right? Like Conrad Hilton's an excellent example. He created a service that people really valued. Um, it was nice to go somewhere far away from home and and rest comfortably, especially, you know, if it's, if it's business or pleasure. Um, this, is, this is a service of tremendous value. And the, the, the millions that he earned were millions created, right? Um, it took him a certain amount of money to, to offer this service, but nobody else was offering it, and people valued it way more than the cost of, of doing business. And that's wealth just created out of his ingenuity and hard work. Um, that that wealth is something we should all applaud because it's value that he created for us. I mean, like, he profited, certainly, but so did we. Um, you know, and so, okay, so let's leave aside this medieval view of wealth and, and regard wealth as something created, something something valuable, something, you know, we should cherish not only in ourselves, but in others. Um, and, yeah, what Stuart said about, you know, heirs being worthy of their inheritance is, you know, something that, hap- you know, that 
is remarked on in, in Francisco's money speech, right? And, and it's true. Um, people who are worthy of the money they, they inherit will, will increase wealth. They'll create more value out of it, people who aren't. So, I mean, it's not a reward to Paris Hilton, it, to the, you know, especially to the extent that she can't, you know, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, that inherited wealth is just a reminder of what she herself could not produce. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Wealth is proof of your productivity, except, you know, she's not that productive. It's, you know, it's it's proof of what her grandfather could do that she can't. And I think that's, that's gotta be really painful for her at some level. Maybe I don't know if she would see it that way. I mean, I, I can't say I know her, but just based on, you know, her public persona, I shouldn't say it. I don't know, but I would just say that she, you know, she she's the type that whatever she gets, she's happy. And, and maybe you know, she increased her wealth with her. Yeah, I mean, maybe she increased her wealth with her product lines of perfume and her stupid reality show. I mean, I don't know why anyone gains any satisfaction or wealth, for that matter, from pandering to poor taste. Well, I, I also um, think... You know, I, I don't know about the perfume. Maybe the perfume was nice. I don't know. Who knows? I also think, though, you know, I keep... As you guys are talking about this, I, I, I just keep thinking about altruism, and I think that a lot of this stems from, from a, a person who... Um, uh, either inherited a lot of money or maybe won the lottery or something. And all of a sudden they have this great uh, uh, amount of money and that they didn't necessarily earn, but they, that all of a sudden, you know, they have this, you know, millions, billions of dollars. And now what do they do with it? Well, what's, what happens with most people is, Hey, um, you know, they're going to get like, if you win, if you win the lottery, you hear about all these people, you know, they have the relatives coming out of the woodwork and, Hey, I need, uh, I need money for my car. I need a new house. And, and all these people just, cause they're, they're, you know, you have something now that you, and if you accept the, the code of altruism, you're going to give that away. And it happens every time where you know, a person that's handed a check for not even that much money, but a hundred thousand dollars, there's a, I, uh, a, a show about a guy, he was a, he was a, a homeless guy and he was given a hundred thousand dollars and all he had to do was, you know, all he had to do was, was, was just, j- just let him film, just let him film, uh, the, the producers of the show or whatever filmed the guy, the money was his. He said, here's your hundred thousand dollars. All we want to do is film you. And they set him up with a, a, a finance person that, to help him figure it out, you know, what to do with that money. And you know it, 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 that was all free. He could he could uh, he could do whatever he wanted with the money, but he, he had to go just talk to your finance guy, and he he set him up with everything. And he ended up paying. He lost it in like less than a year because he had people coming up to him all the time asking for money, and he would always buy stuff for people and this and that. And if you you know, short story long or long story short, whatever you want to call this, is if if you accept the code of altruism, you know, that, you know, that's a, a bad, that's not going to be a good recipe. It's not a good recipe anyway, but especially if, you know, 
you get handed a bunch of money and you have a certain value system that says that you, you have to help these people. How can you, yeah. you know, how can well, you Well, I think it's, it's not just that, you know, you know, um, you know, like a lottery winner suddenly has a bunch of starving relatives. Um, I think it's that, you know, lottery winners will retire early and your own Brooke was saying that, um, you know, the age of retirement is the best predictor of when you're going to die, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you have a purpose after you retire. Like, people yeah. need a purpose. They need yeah. to be productive. That's that's who we are. It's how we survive. Yeah. It's, it's, it is inherent in our nature. Um, so if you're not productive, if you're not pursuing a, a purpose, a um, you know, there's... At some point, your your physiology just says, "Well, there's just no reason to go on," you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I think psychologically, there's there's something similar happens. You just sort of lose your reason to to live. Um, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of reasons why why lottery winners are are miserable. I think there are they there it's not just an accident i think i think there's something real there um yeah there's a psychological need to be pursuing goals yeah we talked about this in one of our early podcasts about productiveness and how mm-hmm. i mean there's a reason why um you know people hate standing in line right you're trying to be productive you're trying to achieve a goal but you feel like you're making no progress. Um, There's a reason why Dante's Inferno paints such a compelling picture, right? In every single kind of torture, people are trying to achieve a goal and they're, they are forever stymied, right? The people in, in the, the lust whirlwind, right? They're they and their lever on opposite ends of the whirlwind. They, they want to be together, but they're they're constantly being whooshed away from each other. Um, there are people in the in the river. I think this is the the suicide river, right? They're trying to get they're trying to not drown. Um, but every time they they try to get out of the river just enough to take a breath, they get shot down. Um, that's what hell is: is trying to achieve something trying to be productive in some way and being stymied. It, it, it is, it, it is, I think, so fundamental to how our brains work and how we function as, as animals. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Total sense. You know, with, with Corey, you know, I mean... There, there's so many objectionable things with this government school. Is it the only government school near you in your neighborhood? No, they're everywhere, dude. I, I mean, I, you know, they, my I live in, in Farmington, <clears throat> uh, which is relatively small, uh, but there I have uh, we we have um, one, two, we have three. Uh, just it, it makes me wonder how many kids did they just I don't know. It makes me wonder how many how many kids 
what happens if there's like a downturn and like, you know, not as many bursts, you know, or something like what if all of a sudden uh, there's like 10 kids and, and there's three, three public schools for 10 kids, you know, and Farmington is not like, we're not rich or anything like that. I mean, we're pretty much middle, lower middle, middle class, I guess, maybe, I don't know. I, I don't even really look at that stuff, but, <clears throat> but like, what happens? That's another thing I always thought about with schools. You know, I was like, what happens if like the low, what are you going to do? I mean, how are you going to, you know, hire these, these educators or these, these teachers? But yeah, so to answer your questions, so there's three, there's like three um, uh, elementary schools. And uh, I, I don't know how to compare this to you, but it's a small, you know, we're in a small, you know, um, relatively small um, city, town, whatever. And there's only one high school. Everybody goes to the same high school. And then there's two uh, middle schools. So I figure that out. You know, that's how it kind of goes up. But this fucking, I'll tell you something about this fucking high school we got, though. It's a fucking palace. It's like uh, it was built in 2009. I don't know how much it costs, but I've never seen a high school, a nicer high school ever in my life. I mean, I've... the stuff they got the this basketball court that's state of the art. I mean, these kids they don't need this stuff. They're, they have, they have, uh, for their 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 um, for their like concerts and stuff. Their school concerts. They're as nice as some of the concerts you would go to, like if you were going to a, just a real nice concert with, uh, you know, uh, I, don't, I can't come up with an example, but if you're going to a nice night out. And you were going to see a, a nice, uh, uh, you know, uh, classical music concert, and you go to like a, a downtown Minneapolis or something. They're as nice as that. That's how nice their their auditorium is. Uh, it's crazy. I, I go in there and I just shake my head. I'm like, oh my god, you know, the, the kids don't need that. They don't need. Well, it. I, I don't mean that stuff. I mean, where are they teach? Where are they teaching there? What are they you know, teaching? You know what Megan says is so says so about child labor is so true. And what's really disturbing right. is that in most government schools, especially yep. when you reach middle school or high school, yeah. they feed you all this propaganda about how the industrial right. revolution is evil because as if because of child labor at the time, and they they recite these Charles Dickens stories to you. They show grizzly you show kids grizzly photos, little children in factories without any kind of context. Without telling them what life was like before then, about how child labor was more prevalent, more grueling mm-hmm. before then. They, they, they teach you that the Industrial Revolution was evil. And then, they say, isn't that so horrible? Isn't, isn't child labor so horrible? Now, I'm, now, isn't it so great that, that you, instead you're in school with me, acting as a dictator, telling you what to do, you know, expecting you to follow my orders, and right. you're, you're not you're paid for it. That's, yeah. But child labor is bad. But my yeah, yeah, word, that's good. Yeah. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a, the the moving of the goalposts kind of thing where they oh it's it's okay or you know it, this is bad but uh, it's okay over here you know what I mean it's like there's no yeah it's uh it, what what the, the you see what what happens is the school can just they can just change things as as they need to or as they want to uh, they can just say you know this is bad but you know it's not it's not a um. It's not a standard, you know, it's not a, it's not a, a, you know, 
concrete. It's floating. You know, it can float if it needs to. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, does does the high school you're talking about does it have a community service requirement for graduation? No, not not that. No, no, here's the thing. I I can't answer that. I don't know. Uh, I I don't know that, and I haven't heard that. So, I don't know. I, I can't. I don't know for sure. I don't think that they do, but I, you know, who knows? It's pretty ironic that it's pretty, pretty ironic that that this elementary school is right. using the kids I, to generate revenue, and then right. it would be especially ironic if they go on to high school, and then um, you know, and then the school says, "Oh, you have to do community service, or you can't graduate." Well, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, that that debt is settled. The kids did community service when the school took advantage of them to get generate right. revenue. Right, right. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. I I, I get you. I, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be interesting um, if if that does indeed if they if they they put some of this stuff out there around me how it's going to happen and how I'm going to take it. I, I don't know, but yeah, I, I worry about, I worry about that. I worry about how I'm going to handle it. And it's something I got to think more on um, because you know, it's, oh man, it's, it's tough uh, when you get kids that are around mine's age and <clears throat> you, you're, I, you know how alone I am out here? I don't know. I know I've told Meg, but like, I'm the only one, man. Nobody else agrees with me. So like I get railroaded all the time. You know what I mean? Like whatever I, if I, if it's, if it's wrong, right. And I know it's wrong and I just, I can convince people. I can talk to people and they can see it, but I can't, I, I can't change it. You know what I mean? Like I can just say, you know, I could take my kids out of the school, but then what am I going to do? And, you know, how is it going to work and whatever. But it, 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 I have to try to just bring it down to the level of just me and them, like me and both my daughters talking. Okay. Here's, you know, here's, here's how I think it, it is and how, how it should be. And I know you have to go through this stuff right now. And, but, you know, I, I, I understand. <laughs> I, I'm finding well, a I mean, battle. Honestly, I, yeah, honestly, I, I applaud you, Corey, and, and I'm really looking to you for guidance. You know, I, I love, you know, I mean, I I can only imagine how how difficult and and lonely this is for you, but, you know, I'm, I'm really looking to you for guidance because, you know, I don't know what, what's going to be the best approach. I, I know even whatever school I send Gracie to, they're going to do things that I think are totally inappropriate, you know, whether yeah. it's, um, you know, advancing the idea that, that anthropogenic global warming is a thing, right, without right. any kind of presentation of of evidence or how we know stuff. I mean, no kind of epistemology, anything, you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know what the best approach is. Is it to just say, no, I'm taking her out of these classes or um, right. volunteering to uh, demanding that I, that I, you know, get to be a guest lecturer, you know, for one of these things or, sure. um, yeah. 
you know, what but, I don't know what the, the proper approach is, and so I, I, I need your help. You know, you, you and me today, Not pal, that my me need are... is a claim on you. <laughs> Believe me, I, I, I'd love to. I, I got to figure. It, what, what I think, you know, it starts with, though, is just what we're doing right here. You know, me, you, and Stuart, and, you know, that, that kind of that helps, you know, just, just to know that there's other people out there that, you know, you can go to um, to get some ideas. I, I, I don't I don't know. <clears throat> I guess I, I, I think I know when I see it that what I need to do. I haven't seen anything too egregious. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this example from today where, you know, my kid got excited. She's doing a great project, and, and she likes doing her projects, and that's great. Around and say, well, if you want it, it's $10 or whatever. It's like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Uh, so uh, I don't know how to – I guess I don't know how I'm going to handle it. I, I do want to say something, but this is, you got to remember, I just found out about this today. So I don't know how I got to think about what, how I want to. Uh, yeah. That. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to do, but it's totally appropriate to take time and space and, and, you know, can consider your options. Right. Right. And, you know, in, in, they're, they are not this okay. This school system is not nearly, not nearly as bad as any anywhere in Minneapolis or Paul or some of those others. They're not they 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 they're not that bad. Um, so I can think that you know I can be thankful for that. Um, I just hear. I just want. What I just think that I do a good job of just talking, not with my older kid now. It's. It's. I mean. Um, uh, I I talk to them. I don't know how much they get, but I try to be like, look, you. First of all, you can talk to me about anything. I don't care what it is, right? I don't care what it is. You can disagree with me. Please let me know so we can talk about it. Every anything, anything. I don't, I don't want to be. I want to be like not like what my parents were or anything like that or anybody that I knew growing up. I or you know for the most part, any. I want to be a complete open book and just be like, hey, here's what I think and here's why I think it and whatever. So I'm just hoping that. And I think they get some stuff, but there's other stuff that I think I get above. See, that's the thing, Meg, is I think what happens is I'll talk to them, but then I'll get too far over their head. And I, I have to I have to find the line of when I need to draw it back. And that's, that can be hard for me, uh, especially when I'm like into, into Rand and reading all this stuff. And, and I'm like, I want to I want to impart some of this wisdom onto them. But it's like, how do you do that? And when do you do that? You know, yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's so, so I've done a fair amount of public speaking, um, and writing, right? And and the the most important thing is to consider the context, right? What is a potential reader like? What do they know? What do they think they know that they don't know? Um, what do they not know? You know what I mean? And and to be sensitive to all of those things, um. That is exponentially harder when the context changes every day, as it does with a child, right? They learn so fast. 
And mm-hmm. it, I'm, like, constantly surprised by what Gracie knows. I'm like, where did you even learn that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it speaks to, like, you know, how how eager she is to learn everything and um, yeah. how much she's learning. And that's wonderful, but I'm, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's hard enough with an adult audience to know the context of your audience and address that context. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's exponentially harder with the child where the context is constantly changing. Yeah. And plus, you know, they're they're going on. Give yourself a break, right? Like maybe you're talking over their heads, but it's it's hard not to do one or the other, right? To speak to what they already know or speak to something that they can't yet integrate. I mean, that's so hard not to do. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very interesting. It's a very it's a challenge, and you know I you know I learn you know I learn a lot from them. And now that you know my my oldest is going to be thirteen in a couple of weeks, and now she's you know um, she's got that hormone thing and all this, and not that she wasn't before, but she's got a lot of things going on that are going to make it even more of a challenge. Uh, And um, I you know I know that we're you know, we're going to drift apart a bit, but I'm trying to, you know, make sure the lines of communication are there. Uh, and I don't do the best job of it either. So I got to, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I, I told her, you know, I was like thinking when I was talking, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to, I'm figuring this out too <laughs> a little bit, you know, so uh, I'm going to make some mistakes or whatever, but, you know, let's just talk about it, you know? And so I don't know. She's, not the most talkative person, so it's hard. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's interesting. So, just want them to. Yeah, that's you know, that's definitely one place where I'm completely transparent. It's just like, you know, at, at this point, Gracie's at the age where she her language is evolving so quickly, but I don't always understand what she's saying, and and right, you know, it's. I totally get her getting frustrated. She just wants to communicate something to me. It's very important to her, and I, I don't always get it. And, right. You know, when she gets frustrated, I'm like, "Look, crazy! You can tell that I'm really trying here. I, I know I'm not succeeding, but you know, at least give mommy credit for trying. Yeah. It's, I, I want to understand you. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that, maybe that, what she's that, saying is going. Maybe what she's saying is going over your head. <laughs> that could, That's probably true. That could yeah, on a lack of sleep. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting though, Meg. I tell you, um, it's it is it is interesting. And trying to, you know, make sure you know that I, I, I you know, sometimes I get in, you know, I'll get in with her about something and she gives me she'll shut down a little like she'll and she'll stop talking you know and then I know okay well and I don't always get the I don't get her verbal I don't always get her cues about when when I need to shut up <laughs> you know uh so yeah so we're anyway that's we're working on it and uh you know it's 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 just yeah it's I mean I think it, it's it says something really positive about you that that you're looking for those cues and and you're attentive to those to the well, nonverbal communication. 
I needed some other help with that at first. Um, you know, and, and well, look, I'm so, not good at that myself. Um, if that makes you feel any better, it, I mean, but it speaks to, you know, how how dedicated you are. That that that's something you're even concerned with. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's it's interesting. So, uh, Stuart, what's uh, what else you got on your agenda there? Well, I gotta say, it always breaks my heart when someone says kids find learning boring. It breaks my heart even more when my kid says it. It's heartbreaking because you, as Megan pointed out, you know. You know, babies are autodidacts by default. They crave knowledge. They want to know everything. That's why they ask you of all sorts of things. They say, why is why the sky blue? Why this? Why that? You know, they want to know everything. Mm-hmm. They, learning is the opposite of boring for them. I think. I think if someone says learning is boring, that person had that was something that person was taught, and it's, it's a complete. You know, it, it's someone that was a person was conditioned into it, and it, it's yeah, it's, uh, it's tragic. It's tragic that people have made it that way. Yeah, and, and that's that's why you know, I think you know what 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 Meg's doing was great. She's great. I mean, she's doing a, a Montessori and, and a different, you know, and and you know, not through this meat grinder of a public thing where, you know, everybody learns at the same pace. <laughs> quite an I mean, image. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But, but I mean, that's that's how I feel sometimes. And I just feel like, like I said, I just, I, I you know, I just don't, sometimes I'm just overwhelmed and I don't, I know what to do, but I know I can't do it. I, I just know that, you know what I mean? It's, it's hard to you know, with where they're at and I got to, you know, figure out a way that I can get through to them, uh, you know, in a way that doesn't completely contradict what they're doing already. Cause then it's like their head's going to explode. You know what I mean? I got to find the line. Like, you know, I, that's a thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I get it. what you were saying about, I mean, okay. So if learning amounts to being told categorically that child labor is evil and yet your school is capitalizing off of your art projects and your, and your brownie baking, um, yeah, that doesn't count as learning, right? right? It's not integrated. It's completely contradictory. It doesn't make sense. It's total BS. At some level, every kid on the planet knows that. So if that's what's labeled as learning, I kind of get why why kids would say that that is that is foreign. It's just, I mean, it's almost like I think every kid can distinguish between the the BS categorical import, you know, contradictory categorical imperatives they're they're force fed, and actual integration of knowledge, right? Um, mm-hmm. I guess I wasn't really going anywhere with that but like I get what Stuart is saying and and, and the way you since you, you Corey synthesize it as um like <laughs> the meat grinder I <laughs> I remember that I viscerally remember 
public education and just yeah. how lonely and alienating and and soul siphoning it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's the thing, man. I mean, you got to really. I, I guess what I would, you know, if I ever get an opportunity to talk to them when they're older and if they decide they have kids and stuff, I'll be, you know, I'll be able to, you know, hopefully say, you know, really think about what you want to do you know, as far as educating your kids and, and really think about how you, you know, you want them to learn and, or where you, what you want to experience them to. And that's something that I hope that I'm able to impart, you know, on them at some point where, Hey, don't just go into it blindly thinking that they're going to figure this stuff out. They, you got to really be there and, you know, really think about where you want to educate them and where you want, you know, where you want them to yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not like they can't figure it out, right? I, I mean, you know, it's not like people can't learn math even if they don't have Montessori materials at the, you know, at, at the the critical period where where they're best able to learn math anymore than you I mean I can learn a language now even if I wasn't raised speaking it but it's going to be so much harder for me than it would have been if I you know if I lived in a dual language household you know it's just it's it's going to require so much more effort you know what I mean, then imagine I could save my children that effort so that, that, you know, language came easy to them so they could devote, they had extra effort to devote to something else. You know what I mean? Like how much richer would their lives be if I could just give that to them? Um, You know, any parent can only give their child so much. They can't, can't give them everything. And it's not like if you again, if you if you don't raise them to speak two languages, that they can never learn another language. Um, but I think it's it's helpful to hold education in that context. The the better education you can you can give a child, especially early on, the easier you make everything. Yeah, I can um, see that. Yeah. And and. And, you know, the more effort they have to devote to more things, to finding their passion and, and pursuing it or, or or working on something that they're not, that doesn't come easily to them, but that's really fun. You know, I mean, all these things are, you know, will make life wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, certainly um, a lot to chew on, that's for sure. <clears throat> uh, Corey. Well, I, I guess I should, I should, again, I should thank you, Corey. I mean, you're really, uh, of the three of us, you're you're really at the forefront of, you know, the battle. And, and we're just kind of, Stuart and I are just kind of lagging behind and trying to <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> learn from uh, you. Yeah, I'll be your huckleberry. That's no problem. Um <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, uh, we'll just see. Well, I mean, I just think you know. I think just uh, reasoning and, and and talking and and listening to them is going to be um, going to be key. And 
sometimes I'm not always the best at it. And I, you know, sometimes I, I got pretty mad this weekend cause she, my oldest wouldn't eat. I, I, we get, we get into battles about eating. Uh, she's very picky and I kind of lost it a little bit. Um, and so that wasn't one of my finer moments and so stuff like that happens and, you know, um, but yeah, that's, it's part of, and I just, you know, it took a day or two and I went to her and talked to her and, you know, and, uh, yeah. So anyway, just to explain myself, you know, tried to talk to her and whatever. So that's, you know, we're coming up on that age now, you know what I mean? Where it's, like I said, 16 soon, so this ought to be, or 16, 13 soon. Don't need to have her any older than she already is. But yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I read a lot about this. Um, and more than one book has made the point that we, we beat ourselves up for all the mistakes we make as parents. And I probably think more than most. Um, God, goodness knows I try so hard. But I'm... I fall down a lot, um, but you know it's it's so easy to beat yourself up, and it's so hard to remember all the times you did hold it together by some miracle. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the times that you were patient beyond human endurance. <laughs> I'm, yeah. um, I'm so. Um, Gracie is is um, she's she's learning toileting right and and she's doing a fantastic job except like a lot of kids um, solids are are an issue right for whatever reason and I'm sorry if I'm getting a little too graphic here to your audience members but um, yeah you've been there right so like they're totally fine using their toilet except when it comes to solids for whatever reason, they're freaked out about it, and they'd rather, mm. like, crop their pants. I went to work, and I was like, one of the things I love about work is that no one here crops their pants and then expects <laughs> me to clean up after them. <laughs> like, I, my standards aren't high. I really don't care if my cra- coworkers crop their pants, as long as they don't expect me to clean up after them. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it takes a lot of patience to clean crappy pants more yes. than once, right? Yes. So I think it's helpful to kind of step back and, you know, like acknowledge all the time you you clean crappy pants without losing your temper. Well, not even, not even, I, I've gotten crapped on, you know, I mean, I've, I've gotten shit on, you know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. you know, so. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So they have a short, you're in for a treat someday, but he's Well, some, well, they they're getting shit on by your kids and by losers on Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, one of us could well, one of us could literally shit on the other gets verbally shit on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. You made a really excellent juxtaposition. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, guys, I uh, unless you got something more here, I was thinking of wrapping well, her up soon. Well, well, about about you know having kids, I I guess what Megan said, you know, I guess um, at the risk of being gratuitous, I think we're all fish here, 
And Corey, you're the one that crawled onto land first. Right, you're the one exactly. encountering these things before. Yeah. Right? these things earlier. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you know, actually, but, you know, my story touches on this where the the one fish is really curious about what exists beyond the river, what's on the dry earth. And he's so <clears> eager to find out. And the teacher says, why are you being so impractical? No, stay in the river and just do what we say. That's the lesson. That's what learning is. And the, the fish, is, the other young fish is so stubborn. He says, no, it's about what I want. It's about what I want to know. That's what matters. You know, I want to, you know, we, I, there's so much more to explore. We must learn to realize there's something beyond the river. We must know there's something, there's greater complexity. So we, we must learn to look above the surface. You know, so, and so he for him, learning means going outside of the school. So maybe I didn't. Maybe it's not. I didn't consciously put something there, but maybe there is an answer for you there somewhere, Corey. Well, maybe. taking some risks, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> maybe in the text itself. <laughs> yeah. Well. You know, when, when I when I uh, when I get to reading it, I'll uh, I'll let you know. But you know, you know, this reminds me of some a conversation I've had with my mother. My mother says, "Stuart, you you write things that are so complex," and I and I correct her. I say, "No, what I write is is easy, simple, light speech reading." You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, light. Yeah, that's that's about right. <laughs> Took me a minute to get that. All right. Yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, yes, I, I mean, Ayn Rand, um, this is totally a digression, but yeah, in art of in the art of writing fiction, she talks about how she writes on multiple levels, right? There's <laughs> there's just the surface description of New York, and then there's um, the description as it's reflecting Dagny's mood, and there's the description <laughs> yeah. as it's foreshadowing what's going to happen, and 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 you know, yeah. I mean, there's just there's just so Players. you can just read it at the surface level and enjoy it. Yeah. And and some people do, right? They kind of skip the speeches and they enjoy Alice Shrugged and they it doesn't really change their lives. And then you know, the more the more you dig into it, the more the more you're rewarded. And and well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You know, it sounds just, like, Stuart, I, that's kind of what you're going for as well. Yeah. Well, right? I don't want to put words in. Well, maybe Corey can read and, and, and find out. Right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to do a, uh, we'll have to do a Stuart, um, we'll have to do a Stuart uh, uh, project on Facebook. Uh, I've heard the name of his uh, novel and do a, do a, do we, uh, a land to uh, a sea to land uh, uh, project? See how that goes. Oh, okay. Very cool. Well, I'm about. Uh, yeah, tuckered. About um, podcast is that? Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's wrap it up here. Um, next, let's just do next Wednesday like we do normal, and uh, we'll figure yeah. out something. We'll throw out some ideas and uh, come out with something. Um, Stuart, you got you got the last word. What do you what do you want to say? 
well, you know, <laughs> well, I guess a uh, good premise is to you. All right, that sounds like a plan, and, and I'll, I'll get to And another, uh, yeah, happy pie day. And I forgot too, uh, uh, Stuart, by the way. So part of the reason I haven't gotten to that, your book yet, is because this Atlas project, is, this is coming up to be wrapped up, and it's, I can only handle one monumental task at a time. Okay, so we'll get to reading that one uh, after Atlas. Okay, so. okay, so look at Atlas Shrugged out of the way, and then you can get to the really fun stuff. Yeah, that's right. I'll get to the yeah. I'll get to the real the, the real meat and potatoes of it. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. So listen. Uh, take out uh, uh, Meg. I think you're taking off. She's out. And uh, no, she's not out. She's still here. And uh, yeah, but you know what? We had a great uh, a great convo. And um, let's keep it up uh, next uh, next uh, what yeah, Wednesday. It's great to talk to you guys. I missed you. I know, miss you too, and we'll we'll uh, we'll see you next uh, next Wednesday, and we'll talk about uh, a next uh, or uh, throw out a couple of ideas, see what you guys think, and um, see what we can come up with. Perfect. All right. Well, it's I'm not going to put us out any music because I, I don't have uh, I, <laughs> I don't have my speakers, my headphones on. So, uh, have a great night, guys, and we'll see you uh, in a week. Mahalo, Stuart, and um, have a great give. Oh, give uh, Gracie a kiss. And by the way, she looks so different. To me now, that picture that you get me that you posted, she looks she yeah. looks so. She really is, I you know, know, looking 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 different, but beautiful as always, but just different. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. So. Yes. Well, thank you. Yeah, I swear she gets more and more beautiful every day. Which, I, like, I don't even know how that's possible, right? How do you go from the most beautiful little being to even more beautiful the next day? I don't get it. But I she don't does. know. I don't. It must be in the genes, right? I mean, come on now. <laughs> I don't know. She's, it's so funny. She's so photogenic, and I don't know where she got that because I am not at all. <laughs> like, oh. Someone's fishing for a compliment, Stuart. No, no, no. That Like, that's <laughs> literally true. I mean, you've seen photos of me. I always have, like, my jaw hanging open. <laughs> And like this wide-eyed terror in my eyes. I'm like terribly camera shy. I feel well, like that too. You know, when, you know, like where is the where is the chicken wing hanging off of me? You know. Well, you know. You know what Paris Hilton's slogan is? It's a Carl's Jr. I've, thing, right? She, no, I have no idea. Well, her slogan's two words. That's hot. You know that, and oh. I think that every time I see a picture of Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think in my case it's that's nerdy, but <laughs> well, same thing. What's that's nerdy. true. Nerdy. All right. Sounds good, guys. We'll uh, we'll talk again, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers. We'll, we'll talk to you. Bye.